This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Hot Off The Mess. Happy Tuesday. We're here. We're doing it. We're surviving. It is only Tuesday, and it feels like it's, I don't know, Thursday. I just want to like get through the fucking week. I want to get into the weekend. So many big, exciting things are happening this week. Danny's sister-in-law is having her baby like very soon. I think like today or tomorrow, not that anybody cares, but it's just exciting. Um, Little cute little baby girl. And uh, we can't wait. And you guys, I want to talk a little bit about Scandal, the finale last week. Um, I've received some notes from people saying that they wanted to hear more of my thoughts. And I'd be happy to chat. I'm going to talk Scandal today. I'm going to give some updated thoughts on the whole situation. Um, I'm going to say things people are probably not going to like, and that's okay. Um, summer house drums. And I want to talk about the Randall scandal, the new documentary on Hulu. So let's just get right into it. Okay. My thoughts re all finale. Now that I've had almost a week to process, to really get in there and think about, you know, what's going on. I, I have to kind of go back in time because at this point right now, I'm a little fatigued. This happens. Scandal rains upon us and I am eating it up, gobbling it up, can't get enough. And suddenly I become exhausted, exhausted. There's just like I reach a limit where like, okay, like I got it. We got it. I don't need to see any more memes about it. Like, I feel like Ariana being on Walter Happens Live was kind of like the perfect, you know, icing on the cake for me. Like, I was like, wow, like she's at peace. She's okay. She's happy. She's making her coins. You know, I, what, (laughs) like, that's just how I feel about it. I know that a lot of people feel differently. I know people are still very invested in the scandal. So that's why I do want to talk about the reunion um, or not the reunion, the finale, excuse me. Um, one thing I will say is Sheena Shea from Marina Del Rey really cemented herself in my eyes as the MVP of that episode because she really ended the relationship with Sandoval in the moment. She really, you know, sat there with him and was like, you were my friend. Like besides dating Ariana, like you and I had our own relationship and I need to let you know that you let me down. You didn't just let Ariana down. You let other, there was a ripple effect with this breakup and you know, 
you and I can no longer be friends because of my friendship with Ariana. He seemed to be affected by that. But again, you know, he really had more tears when talking to Lisa than he did with Ariana. Like he seemed to be more um, emotional with other people than with Ariana. And she kind of said that on Watch What Happens Live. She was like, yeah, it was kind of weird to watch. Um, But I don't know. I so yesterday Ariana posted on Instagram a video and in the video it said dipping out. And obviously that's a, you know, callback to Tom saying dipping out 800 times during the episode. He's like, Raquel dipped out. I dipped out. She dipped out. We dipped out. We dipped in. We did, you know, whatever. And I was like, good for her. Everyone was talking about this. It was being reported on people that Ariana's moving out of the house finally. And we're all so happy for her. We're like, get the fuck out of there, girl. You know, and then we all learned that it was a sponsored post. It was all a ruse. It was all a lie. She's not moving out, but she's moving up is what she said. She said, I'm not moving out yet, but I'm moving up. And it was like a sponsored post with SoFi, um, which is some financial, you know, bank, crypto, whatever the fuck. Truthfully, I don't really get it. I don't understand how money works if we're being completely honest. So, uh, you know, and I posted it on my Instagram story and I was like, what does this mean? I've received hundreds of DMs being like, it's a sponsored post. Like, I know that now. I got it now. I did it in the moment. I was a little confused. But all of the boxes, like when you zoom in on them, they say finance on them. They say finances on them. And I was like, that is weird. But it just kind of things like that just kind of take the wind out of my sails, you know? Kind of like when Lala made the merch of Send It to Daryl. That kind of to me was like, okay, like we're really capitalizing off of this. We're really like doing the most. And it's like, if anybody's going to capitalize off of it, it should be Ariana. Um, Tom Schwartz, I think is too stupid to capitalize off this. And I also think it's just not his personality. I don't think Tom Schwartz is very money driven, but he really needs to become money driven given the fact that he like needs cash because he spent all of it on this bar that has like a one star rating on Yelp. Um, I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? I I feel like I have hit a wall um, in the sense of like I need new information or I need everyone to just kind of take a beat and just be quiet. Because it's like how much more could there really be? I know that um, one of the producers did an interview last week and said, we learn new information at the reunion. Other, even the cast finds out things that they didn't even know. So it's like, I'm ready for that. But I also feel like in my heart, seeing Ariana. Okay. On watch what happens. I've like, I'm kind of, I've kind of settled with it. Like I'm, I'm kind of ready to lay it at. I'm kind of ready to put it at rest. Like, I don't care that Tom Sandoval is in Austin, Texas, with a mystery blonde woman. Like, it's when we get into like that level of detail and like stalking and like keeping tabs. It's kind of when I tap out. I know other people don't feel that way. I don't know why I'm like this. It's it's kind of like when housewives take things 
to social media to start fighting and like Ashley Darby and Candace. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I can't like keep up with all of this because none of it really means anything to me. Like if Tom wants to fuck some blonde girl in Texas, go for it. Godspeed. What does that have to do with Ariana? Like he was already fucking someone when they were living together and they were dating. So let's, you know, the guy's going to stick it in wherever he can at this point. Cause who wants to fuck Tom Sandoval right now? Not me. Um, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm just curious if other people are trying to feel this way. Like, I just feel like, ugh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm curious to hear all of your thoughts because it's, you know, it's been a long journey. If you guys really think about it, this started March 3rd. It's May 23rd. Yeah. So it's been a minute. Um, and I feel like we've all just been like running on a hundred, like adrenaline, like we've been watching every episode and we've been like really invested in the necklaces and the disguises and like, when did it start? And we've been analyzing and dissecting. I feel like we all could take like a summer vacation and just like breathe for a sec. I feel like we've all been like white knuckling it through the scandal. And I think we're ready to let it, let it lie. You know, I'm ready to let it lie as they say in when Harry met Sally. Okay. I do want to talk about the Randall scandal before we get into Summer House. I know that in the intro, I kind of like did different order there, but that's okay. We're rolling with the homies. And guys, the Randall scandal was the most biggest waste of my time. I was so upset by it. I was so disappointed. I thought we were going to be getting tea. I thought we were going to be getting things we never could have imagined. I thought we were going to be getting more into the Lala Randall relationship. I thought we were really going to unearth some of those demons. None of that happened. None of that happened. Instead, I learned about Randall, or should I call him Randy? He went to a performing arts high school in Florida and you know, they were like, he wanted to be a director. He was always behind the camera and he always like made it happen. And he was like a very loud personality. And I'm like, I don't give a single flying fuck about Randall Emmett in high school. I barely care about Randall Emmett now. Why do I care about what Randy was doing in junior year in high school? I don't care. And also the flashback photos that they kept showing were very jarring because Randall isn't exactly the... um bell of the ball you know um it's not you know it's lala was the beauty he was the beast do you know what i'm saying so i don't know i i was really disappointed because there was nothing in it that i was like oh wow i can't believe i learned this that never happened it was like oh he was you know inappropriate with assistance i'm shocked Oh, he was scamming his assistants into paying for things. I'm blown away. Like, we know that. We, he is a scammer, a professional fucking scammer. He, you know, fueled this lifestyle that he couldn't afford. He couldn't keep up with it. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. 
And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The things that I did find interesting, so I don't sound like a complete fucking bitch today, hater bitch. I feel like you guys ever just wake up and you're just in a foul mood. That's like, I kind of feel like that today. Like, I'm just kind of really cranky. But anyway, so he and okay, him and Bruce Willis, that to me was like one of the saddest things because I remember reading the stories about Bruce and when it first came out that he had, um, I believe it's like early onset dementia. He has some sort of like neurological um, issue where he has a hard time remembering things. And I know I don't think it's Alzheimer's. I could be could be wrong. Let me do a quick Google. Um, he has frontotemporal dementia. It's a rare condition and it usually shows up earlier than other forms of dementia. Um, that's so fucking sad. I, I, my grandma had Alzheimer's. She was diagnosed fairly early on in her life. And it's one of the saddest things to watch someone go through. Um, and because the thing is, is when it's happening in the beginning, at least I'm going to speak on my experience with my grandma. She knew what was happening to her. She knew she was forgetting things. She knew her life was looking different. She knew what was kind of coming for her. Um, and that was really, really sad, you know, to watch her forget things and, um, you know, just not be herself because she was a very hilarious person, very good storyteller. She was very into astrology and she was very, she had like stars and moons like all over her apartment. And she was just a very funny, funny person. But anyway, um, so to watch that, that person drift away and they become this like shell of who they were. And it's just like a body is so, so heartbreaking. I remember I had to drop off diapers for her at her home because she, she was, um, we moved her out of her apartment. Why am I sharing this story? I don't know. She, we moved her out of her apartment after, you know, she was like leaving the stove on and like, it was just kind of becoming like dangerous. And we put her in the apartment next to me and my dad. So my dad and I lived in an apartment and we put her like right next to us and she lived there for a while, but she kept like escaping. Like she would like get out of the house and like, we would have to like police and stuff would like have to like bring her back or people would bring her back to us if we couldn't find her it was like a whole deal so then we had to put her in a home and I remember one time I dropped off these diapers at the home and I saw her sitting there like kind of right by the doorway and she was sitting on this bench and just had this like glazed look on her face and you know I looked right at her and she just had no idea who I was like it just was so heartbreaking and so to to know that like someone like Bruce, who was this like action action guy, he was a you know in Die Hard, and he was in like all of these movies, and viewed as like such a strong person, be taken advantage of by a fucking little rat. It enraged a part of me that I. I didn't expect. I didn't think that they would talk about the Bruce stuff, honestly. So what happened was, is Randall 
became this movie producer and he would produce what they called geezer teasers um, where they would get like old timey action stars and put them in these movies that obviously like they would people would watch them because they had the name in them like Sylvester Stallone, Robert De Niro, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Bruce Willis, like those kind of people. And, you know, but they were kind of a joke, but they would make money. And just for the name of, you know, who's in them. And so Bruce would do all these movies for him, like all the time. And this woman tells a story about when they were doing Midnight in the Switchgrass. So if you guys don't know that movie, that's the movie that MGK and Megan Fox were in. And that's where they met. And that comes into play in a little bit. So there's... um. This woman tells this really, really sad story about how Bruce's assistant would have an earpiece in and he would wear an earpiece on set and he would be fed his lines. So clearly people knew that Bruce wasn't 100% because like this once like talented actor, you know, acclaimed actor is being fed lines for line. And that's so fucking sad. And to take advantage of that. And not only that, but but Randall would get upset. He would get like frustrated and would yell and scream and yell at Bruce and like yell at everybody. It's like, you are fucking sick for doing that. And she tells the story. The set is a diner and she has to go refill his his cup. She's the waitress. She has to like go refill his cup every time because they keep taking new takes because as the day goes on, Bruce would have a harder time doing the scene over and over and over again. And um, he then at one point thought he was in a real diner, not on set. And he goes, no, I don't want any more coffee. He said that to the girl. And she's like, Bruce, like, she's like, I'm sorry, but like, this is like the set. And he like, didn't understand. And so knowing this story and hearing hearing that Randall went off the fucking rails about this was like screaming and throwing a tantrum and yelling and freaking out. We got to get this fucking movie done to now know that Megan Fox and MGK never once promoted this movie and didn't go to the premiere was always odd to me. I always thought that that was strange. I was like, wait, they're in this movie. This is how they met. Like you'd think that they'd really want to capitalize on that. And they never did. And it's because they fucking hated Randall Emmett. I promise you that is what happened. And that story made me really sad. And it's just like, ugh, he was just disgusting. Like he was like a wannabe Harvey fucking Weinstein would like be naked. And he would talk to people with his hand on his pants and like, just really gross stuff. And then, you know, they talk Lala's mom and brother are in it and they talk about their relationship and, you know, they tell some stories that are just, you know, really disgusting. And it, you know, it's sad that she portrayed this relationship to be very different on camera than it was in real life. And, um, I think she regrets that now I've seen interviews with her with the LA times where she's breaking down. And honestly, it's emotional watching because you can really tell how much pain she's in over this whole situation. And she's like, it's so embarrassing. Like every, you know, she's like, people would always tell me, oh, you're just getting these roles in these movies because you give blowjobs. And she was like, I was, and I didn't know. 
I thought it was because I he saw something in me. I thought he thought I was talented. It was like it's really sad. And I think more we're going to learn more and more probably as you know, I'm sure they're going to talk about at the reunion a little bit and um, probably next season. I don't know. It's so sad, but not really <laughs> not really worth the watch because it, it doesn't give you really what you thought it was going to. Um, but I am in the middle of watching the Hillsong documentary, which is about um, that church, that like mega church, Carl Lentz was the pastor and like Justin Bieber was like um, in the congregation. And so was Chris Pratt and like all these other famous people, Selena Gomez. And it's just kind of like the downfall of the mega church. And it's just really, really interesting. So maybe I'll cover that later this week as well. TBD. But enough of that. I want to talk about the summer house finale. (laughs) The summer house finale. Carl and Lindsay are back in the house. And, you know, Carl's explaining to Kyle why he had to leave. He was like, I was so hurt by the fact someone would think I would ever try to hurt them. Like he, Carl's affected because he doesn't want to let anyone down. And like Lindsay said, she's like, he's such a people pleaser. Like that's who Carl is. He feels bad. And she's like, and I think that that pisses Lindsay off even more. She's like, why the fuck are we being made to feel bad about something that happened to us? We got engaged and people are being fucking awful to us. And Kyle's like, yeah, like I totally understand, like whatever, you know, I'm excited for the reunion. The reunion looks really juicy. We got the trailer this week and I'm glad we got it, got to see Kyle own up to the fact that he outed Carl being on Coke at work because that was disgusting. I was so pissed about that I was like how fucking dare you how dare you but anyway anyway it's costume party time safari theme jungle theme kind of unsure all I know is Sierra knocked it out of the fucking park with that avatar look I love avatar I love like those kind of movies like I love planet of the apes I love like sci-fi lord of the rings like that's my jam and um, so when I saw this bitch in Avatar, I was like, God damn it. She's first of all, she's so stunning, even as an avatar, like she killed it. But just like the her next to like Paige was really funny to me. It was reminding me of like Katie Heron and Mean Girls, like when she's like dressed in ho- as Halloween, like the evil, like murdered, like the bloody bride or whatever, the zombie bride. Like it was it was making me laugh, you know. Lindsay walks in the house easy breezy. She's like, listen, we just needed a break. We're filming this show. We're back. We're ready. We're not letting these people run us out of this house. That's what's not going to happen. And she just goes into the girls room. She's talking to them like it's not a big deal. She's in the kitchen and Maya goes, oh, you're back. What the fuck is her problem? I need to understand who the fuck Maya thinks she is. Miss cookies with no cookies. I'll never forget it. I just don't understand her. I have a really hard time with this like attitude where it's like, babe, you've only been in this house for one season. And yeah, I mean, we liked you, but you you weren't a fan fave. Like you're not, you haven't been on the season. You haven't been on the show for seven years. And she's like, oh, you're back. And Lindsay like hugs her and she's like, oh, are you like not happy to see us? Like, She's just such a fucking bitch to, to Lindsay. Like, and Lindsay just takes it. 
she just takes it. She's like, yeah, okay, whatever. She goes up in the girls' room. She's talking to them about what they're wearing. She's like, Gabby, Gab, like, come help me, like, pick out my outfit. Like, she is coming in footloose and fancy free. She is not going to let them bother her. She's not going to let them get them get her down. She is like, whatever, I'll wear this cheetah caftan and be on my merry way. I do want to know, like, what she needed help with, given the outfit. Because it really was just like a black bathing suit and, like, a caftan. So I was like, what's... What do you need help with exactly? Now, Sierra, on the other hand, I mean, had to be in full, like, blue, you know, blue face. (laughs) Like, she was – it was giving, honestly. I was really excited. I know I keep talking about it. I just really loved it because I love when people are in costume on TV and they, like, start fighting. It's one of my favorite things. So I was hoping Sierra maybe would have gotten into the drama a little bit more because I would have loved to see her yell at someone as an avatar. It really would have made my whole day. But she didn't, unfortunately. And I thought Amanda looked really cute as like a little cheetah girl. Kyle kept making me laugh when he is walking around having serious conversations in that big inflatable tiger. That big inflatable fucking tiger. And he's like talking to Craig. He's like, hey, man, like what's going on over there? And he's just got this big ass tiger. I was truly dying. And then when it deflated... And he was walking around with saggy tiger and he had to go change the batteries. I was like, oh my God, the commitment, the commitment to this. I would have ripped it off personally. I would have been too hot, I feel like, in that outfit, but that's just me. Anyway, so everyone's kind of like on edge because Danielle and Lindsay are kind of avoiding each other the whole party. Like they keep, the editors keep doing like the arrows being like, who's here? Lindsay, Danielle. Who's there? Lindsay, Danielle. Like they're not by each other and then they go into the the kitchen and Danielle makes a comment and she's like this is what your engagement party should have been like huh what the fuck is your problem like that I want to look at all these girls and just be like what is your deal I just don't get it like did Lindsay like hurt your family did she like you know, skin your dog alive. I don't understand what Lindsay has. Did she fuck your boyfriend? I don't understand what Lindsay has ever done to these girls because they keep doing shit to her and she just lets it roll off. It bothers her, but she's like, whatever, not going to give them my time of day. Not going to, not going to worry about it. And they can't stand that. They cannot stand that. But you know what I appreciate about Lindsay this season is she's not allowing them to get her like really activated. I know Lindsay probably inside wants to like scream at them and fight. And she's just, she's like, yeah, okay. So that conversation with Danielle in the kitchen is so juicy. She's sitting there and Danielle's just yelling at her and is like, I care about you. And I didn't know about your engagement until 30 minutes before. And Lindsay's like, yeah. Like, this was a surprise, and this has literally nothing to do with you. And she's like, what I don't understand about Danielle is like, what do you not get about this? You've been going around, palling around with the bitches that hate Lindsay all summer, echoing their, you know, talking points, you know, speaking, you know, letting them use you as a fucking scapegoat and a puppet. And talking to Lindsay about her relationship with Carl. And you don't think Lindsay's going to be like, yeah, we're done, babe. You tried to ruin one of the best nights of my life. What more do you want from me? 
And she just can't win. Because even when she's calm and, dare I say, cold, they, they're they pissed. It's like, well, what do you want her to yell at her so you can be like, wow, you're such a bitch to her. You're so mean to her. What is it? I, that's what's so frustrating about this show. And dare I say, almost makes it like so frustratingly unwatchable is that they're all kind of hiding behind Lindsay and they're kind of using Lindsay as this like focal point drama. And it's like to deflect from all of their shit. And that's never fun to watch. It's never fun to watch a gang up. It's never fun to not really be in on why we're so mad at her and why we are so fucking mean to her and why we want Danielle and Lindsay's friendship to fall apart. I need them to maybe like be a little bit more honest and be like, Lindsay, I don't like you because you did this, this, this. Lindsay, I don't like you because you did that, that, that. I don't need this like, you know, Danielle, you're better off. Like, we're, we're your real friends. This is real friendship. Maya, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Your real friends. What are you even talking about? Lindsay and Danielle had like a decade long friendship. That's a real friendship. Whether you understand it or not, it's their friendship. And she's clearly devastated by the fact that they're no longer friends. And they're no longer friends because all of you kept feeding her stupid shit in her mind and put it in her mind. It's so frustrating and it's so like it's hard. It's hard to watch. It really is. And then, you know, to see them all eavesdropping and laughing and loving this moment where clearly, I mean, Danielle is devastated. You don't have to like Lindsay, but your quote unquote friend is having a breakdown. And then Danielle turns, they leave the conversation. She walks over, sees them. She crumbles to the floor, falls to the floor. And they all rally around her and they're almost like celebrating this moment of like, wow, like, yes, like you did it. You're emancipated from this fucking evil bitch. Like, and Maya's just like, yeah, like this is real friendship. It's like, go deal with your boyfriend who's cheated on you 11 times. Stop worrying about Lindsay. Danielle, go talk to Robert. Oh, wait, he's not there. Sierra, you're fine. Sierra's fine. Sierra's having fun and she's just in an avatar costume. Paige, it's like, go work out your shit with, with Craig. And I did have to laugh at their conversation with Craig and Paige because they were like, well, when you have to be in New York, you'll I'll be in New York. When you have to be in Charleston, I'll be in Charleston, a.k.a. when we're filming each other's shows, we will be around so that we will be full time on both shows. That's what that meant. Just so we're clear. And he's clearly like so into her. And I also think he's really into this idea of him and Paige. I think he likes this idea that they're this couple on Bravo and they met on the show and now they have two shows they can be on and they could possibly be on Winter House again together. Like, I think that that also plays a role in it, too, um, because she just doesn't seem. She seems very indifferent about it. She's like, you know, I you know, when he was describing like the next steps of their life, he's like. So if I want to have kids in five years, we have to get in, we have to get married and to get married, we have to get engaged and get engaged. We have to live with each other. Like he's like, we have to move in together like now. 
And I'm just like, whoa, this is intense. Because I don't think they're on the same page in in reality. Um, I don't know. I think she likes the idea of being this like New Yorker girl in Charleston being different and wearing all black. And like, you know, it's it's interesting, you know, when you unpack all of that. But I don't know. I I just need them all to be more honest about their own shit and stop hiding behind Lindsay and Carl. And the reunion looks really good. Um, You know, Paige comes for Lindsay and she's just like, you don't have a job. And I'm like, you all are doing the same thing. You're all on the show. I don't understand. Sierra doesn't have a job. Sierra does a show. You're all doing sponsorships. I will say Paige does have other avenues. You know, she has her podcast. They're doing a tour. Like, if that's what she's trying to say, like, but like, why do you care? Why do you give a fuck? Honestly, like, I don't understand. It's it's like she's just deflecting and deflecting. And that's just so boring to watch. Like, someone just not even talk about their own stuff. I mean, without Lindsay, what else would they have? They would all turn on each other. It's just not, it's just not doing it for me. I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like it's when something is just this frustrating, I think for everyone to watch, like I go on Twitter and I don't see a single person enjoying themselves. I see a lot of people talking about Lindsay being like, why are they so mean to her? Why are they so obsessed with her? Can't they just leave them alone? give them their wedding special and move on. Like it's, it's tiring. I feel drained. You guys, I feel fatigued. I really do. I need orange County to come back. I need something. I need something. Cause Atlanta's not doing it for, maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. I don't know, but that's really all I have for today. What else is there to say? Oh, one more thing before I go, Kim and Croy, that divorce is getting real nasty. There's psych evals being involved, gambling addictions being uncovered. Uh, you know, she spends a thousand, eleven thousand dollars on wine that's unpaid. I mean, shit's going down in that house. In that house, crazy. Well, you guys, I love you so much. I swear, I'll be probably in a better mood on Friday when I recap the Vanderpump. Then our reunion part one reunion hello um and i probably will talk about the hillsong documentary it is on hulu so guys be sure to watch it i believe it's three parts i'm pretty sure and um live laugh love please rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and i will see you guys next week Bye. <laughs>